Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. here um before we get started uh so i had lunch with my in-laws today my uh, in-laws came up to our office got their eyes checked uh, and they get them checked about every six months or so usually go out for lunch with them and we did that so my father-in-law chimes in you know they're awesome people really cool people uh upper 70s they're uh Still sexually active, guarantee it. Uh, they actually gave me shit about it actually before we went to lunch. And uh, so he goes, so tell me about this 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 counseling stuff you do. <laughs> and I was just like, well, it's not counseling. It's it's more it's what we call coaching. And you all know me as an assertive man. You all you all know me as a guy that's no bullshit. And really not a whole lot of filter to me. I can filter a little bit. But fellas, I had a hell of a time talking to my father-in-law and to tell him exactly what I do with this group. <laughs> this is probably the first time I got tongue-tied uh, ever when trying to describe what I do as a coach. Uh, because his daughter, uh, my wife, was sitting right next to me. And she was just like, she was just blushing and grinning. And she was trying to have a conversation with my mother-in-law. And she's like, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. And I told my father-in-law, I was like, I tell you what, I have coached big leaguers. I have coached very, very successful dudes. I've never been really intimidated until just now. And we all had a laugh about it. Um, And I had a hell of a time uh, describing what I do. So anyway, uh, that happened today. And uh, it was a lot of fun. So um, it is what it is. And so a couple things about this, this meeting, this wasn't really originally on my schedule. And I started thinking about it uh, about a week ago, maybe, maybe two weeks ago that um, I'd like to do an interview with coach Gus here because there's a lot of things about Gus that I'm sure that the whole group isn't really aware of because he doesn't have a, a public podcast. Like a lot of us coaches do like, um, you know, Jason's got one out there. Austin's got one with him and his wife. I mean, so it's something that you can hear. I noticed that Gus didn't have that. And so I was like, you know what? After his Vegas uh, presentation, which was very personal, I was like, you know what? I need to give this guy a platform here to talk because the stuff that he shared in that, uh, in, in that presentation, buddy, there's a lot. There's a lot that you can offer us that I, that I didn't even know about. So um, time, to, time to showcase that. And so that's why I put this on the schedule. And uh, it's great. He's, he's awesome. He's a great guy. He's been to all bro, all the bro fests, you know, hung out with him personally, uh, three times now. Right. And, uh, really, really good dude. Um, you can hear me still, right? I just want to get confirmation. Can you hear me, Gus? I can hear you, but before we start our meeting, you know, funny okay. thing, okay. when, uh, a funny story, just like yours, uh, when Steve and his wife came over to the house, uh, my father-in-law said something. I don't remember what it was, but Steve goes, Gus, you got to call him out on that. 
So after they left, after mm-hmm. they left, my father-in-law was like, so what is it that you do again? <laughs> it, it's, I, that was the first time that I had a, I got tongue-tied. I, I was so fucking nervous, man. I was just like, um, uh, normally I'd say I, I teach men how to fuck their wives, you know, or like I say something like that, you know, and, uh, I'm not going to say that to my father. Okay. Uh, that would be very awkward, very quick, but, uh, but he's the kind of dude that actually would probably find that, find that funny, but I didn't want to, I don't want to push the, push the limit, you know? So it's a lot of fun. So yeah, very good. So basically, um, so when Gus became a coach, uh, how long have you been a coach now, buddy? About it, a little over a year. Uh, we've been, uh, yep, uh, we've been recording the Spanish podcast uh, for longer than that. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, to get some, uh, to spread the word amongst mm-hmm. the uh, Hispanics, yes. Got it. Yeah, and that's the thing. So when, when, Go- when Gus came on the coaching stable, basically he, um, I wouldn't say you pigeonholed yourself, but like you, uh, you, you um, displayed yourself as a Spanish speaker. Okay. And that's a very valuable thing for us. Uh, that's something that I can't do. I can understand some Spanish, but there's no way I'm going to be able to speak it. Um, so that's, there's no way that's going to happen. And uh, I mean, the, the population of this, of this planet doesn't, we don't all speak English. Okay. Um, and, but this masculinity problems everywhere. So it's definitely something that's needed. And uh, I appreciate you. I just want to tell you that real quick about uh, that kind of thing. You, you and David, I, you usually have a co- podcast like together, right? Do you have like uh, a together correct. already? Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, I have already put together a couple of things I'm going to do by myself because David has been uh, a right. bit busy doing uh, other projects. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's away from home at the moment, but uh, um, I should be sending that over to Ralph here pretty soon. Yep. Gotcha. Now, what's the name of the podcast? If anybody on the recording doesn't doesn't know, what's how can um, they find it? It is that starting over uh, in Espanol. And that's oh, there you go. Wonderful. So, like I said, I wanted to showcase some of this stuff because I don't think some guys in our group really understand what you do, man. And uh, you've been doing that for a very long time. You became a coach. You were already doing coaching by yourself, like you were doing it on your own, and then you came into the uh, the stable later after that. So. I appreciate it for sure. No question. Um, but I'm telling you, when we did the Vegas thing, I was like, oh, my goodness. There's so many caveats to your story that uh, that I wasn't aware of. And I was like, you know what? We really need to get that out, you know, because there's a lot of facets that, uh, that you offer. It's not just the Spanish speaking, man. You're, you're kind of selling yourself a little short there um, because there's a lot more to your story that and you've had personal experience with. And that's really what makes it powerful as a coach is that you see the trouble and you see all the all the bullshit. And you've dealt with it and you came out better. Okay. That's, that's what makes a, a coach really good at what he does. Okay. Because you've been there, you've done that. Um, and you became a better dude because of it. So that's, that's, that's what we do. Right. Pain is our, our best teacher is what I say. Okay. Um, so yeah. So Gus, just, just introduce yourself real briefly, real quick. Uh, well, my name is Gus uh, from uh, beautiful living in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I uh, got to move to to Orlando when I was 16 years old. And uh, even though my my uh, lifelong dream has always been to to be a big shot commercial airliner pilot or work behind some uh, corporate office for some uh, aerospace or airline, um, you know, been selling insurance for 30 years. It's been like the mafia. Once I got in, I just uh, I haven't been able to get out. Um, and insurance, there's pretty much nothing I haven't done um, except uh, be the actuary, the one who sets the rates. Um, I worked for Nationwide for a couple of years, uh, teaching people customer service and salesmanship. Um, I'm guessing a lot of ways you can you can say that that was my uh, uh, the first teaching coaching job type thing. Um, I would work in groups of 10 and, you know, tell people to uh, sell me this pen and give them uh, two seconds to, uh, to give me their, their elevator speech. <laughs> Great. Awesome, man. Now, um, let's do this. I want to go ahead and start at the beginning. Okay. So what brought you to the group originally? What brought you to DSL? Um, 
the biggest reason why I ended up at the group was because of my wife's menopause. We went out to dinner one night. Um, uh, this Italian restaurant was our, uh, we were celebrating something that night and she just kind of um, said, um, I think the menopausal symptoms are, are here and I don't really feel like having sex. And um, it was one of those things where uh, I, I kind of made it all about me. I didn't say much for the rest of that night. Um, and uh, instead of just uh, holding her hand and saying, hey, honey, we'll, uh, we'll figure this out. Um, you know, I'm sure everything will be all right, which is probably what she needed to hear that night. Um, I just didn't say much. I just uh, wasn't very supportive that night. Uh, kind of in line with uh, some of the things that Scott Morales said in his presentation, apologizing to his wife for, for some of uh, the things that he wishes he could have done differently, and, and that's definitely one of them. Uh, the other thing uh, that happened right before that is I have a, a friend that uh, from college that ended up killing himself, and his suicide note, half of it was about the poor relationship he had with his wife. So... Uh, it was one of those things, it was kind of like a wake-up call, like, um, you know, life is changing too fast for me, and uh, I need to get a, 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 I need to get a hold on, on what's happening, kind of a thing. So, here we are. Great, good stuff. Um, so, basically, um, the menopause thing is, is, is really what brought you here, okay? Um, yep. And honestly, that's, that's a facet that's really fascinating to me. Personally, because my wife, um, we're, I'm 45, my wife is 45. She's perimenopausal. I can tell she's got, you can tell she fluctuates in a mood um, a little bit. Um, so she's never really been super hormonal, especially since she, uh, we, she's, she's had an IUD for quite a while. Um, so her, her, her cycles don't fluctuate normally like monthly like that. So she's a lot more stable. So I'd say the last six months I noticed it a little bit more um where she gets more irritable kind of quickly and um you know i wouldn't say she has a short fuse but it's a, definitely a difference from what she used to be um is well, you that know, basically you know, what you saw it's uh it's you know i've never had a dead bedroom per se but it's one of those things where they get so anxious about everything around them and mm -hmm. and they're going through this period where they're accepting those changes and and, you know, like I was saying yesterday in the meeting, they're going from being fertile to not being fertile. They're going from being young to not being young anymore. Um, at least that's how they see it. So they're also going through a transitional period themselves, which uh, it's really one of the reasons why I, I kind of feel guilty about that night, you know, not being more supportive. Sure, of course, you know, that's hard. It's hard to hear that from your wife as a man. You know that um, you know, hey, I don't want to have sex with you anymore. Like that, that would be freaking crushing for a lot of guys. Um, so now, one other thing that I was really fascinated with your story was the background of your family. Now, you grew up fairly privileged, correct? Um, yes, my father was a uh, engineer that was also a administrator of a hospital. That was his full time job with all the benefits, medical, and everything. Um, but he was also a general contractor on the side. And, uh, you know, so we, you know, at home we had, uh, we had a, a pretty large house, uh, a pool, a big outdoor area, et cetera. Um, there's really, you know, we didn't have cable TV at the time because we were too far from the main roads, and main neighborhoods that, you know, my dad just went out and bought one of those big 16 uh, feet satellite dishes and you know um my father was always uh kind of kind of interesting because you know when, when we went to nashville um um ralph was showing pictures of his dad's pickup truck right and i was like you know as a little kid when yeah, we're adults and we think about it it's like my dad always had a thing for for vw bugs it was always a german car you know or a bmw or something like that so my dad always had you know several several toy cars that he would you know toy with um, um but i went to private school um um i again i don't i don't have any complaints about uh, my upbringing 
yeah, that's great. Um, now was he an MD? Was he an MD? I can't remember. No, 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 no. He's an engineer. He was an engineer. Yeah, and he he just uh, happened to be a uh, just administrator uh, in a hospital. Yeah. Got it. Okay, great. Uh, that was back in the day. A lot of times, the, those kind of people, I guess. Well, depends on the hospital. If it's like a big, big one, they're gonna they're they're definitely gonna be educated. Um, but a lot of like regional stuff, they're typically like MDs and stuff. So it's cool. All right. So how would you describe yourself before you came here? Like, I, just generally speaking, you went through a couple of phases in your life that I want to go over a couple of things. Okay. So nice guy, naive, pushover player, like, like you went through kind of a lot of gamut here. So can you go over that real quick? Your, your mindset changed as you got up, as you went through your life. Um, I, I kind of feel like, you know, and one of the reasons why I said that my story really started when I moved to Florida is because I went uh, at that point, there were a lot of little things that took place. Uh, all of a sudden I was watching my sisters. Um, there were a lot of little things that added up to a lot of burdens on me. You know, I, I, we moved here. I ended up working for a couple of months. I go out by a car. You know, I, I really had a great father growing up. It's just that, uh, and I didn't say this in Vegas, is that when we moved here, we were so broke. My father was really looking at me like, dude, can you just give me a hand? And I just didn't see it that way, you know? So I think at that time, I was just a, a regular kid just trying to play sports and, and uh you know, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I had so many other things on, on my shoulders, or at least it, it just felt like it. Um, I used to think that after my first wife, I turned into a man. And after my second wife, I, I turned into this uh, a well-rounded individual. <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. um, I don't think I have uh, ever been a nice guy. Um, Got it. But after my wife, the thing about menopause for those few months I kind of felt like I was becoming one got it okay yeah. so I want to yeah. focus on that one too let's talk about your first marriage okay um very fascinating story here fellas um because like I said I didn't I didn't know that I didn't know that you had such a you had you had a bit of a shit show correct <laughs> yes. it was a it was a, a shit show I mean at times I think it's a it's a we can describe it as a drama a thriller uh, action film, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, it was uh, it was definitely an ill-conceived relationship in which I thought I was going to be able to change her, and uh, I think we all know that the only ones that can change are themselves, and uh, I. Uh, uh, I just, uh, I just, you know, it was, it was a mistake. Um, that led to uh, walking in on her uh, on infidelity, um, being apart for several months, getting back together, uh, having a kid months later. Um, to the, um, to the time, and and that was the only time she ever laid a hand on me. Um, you know, the story about you. going to the police. Correct. She hit me with her keys. I left a bunch of little dots on my back. I went to the police. Um, lady took pictures and everything. I didn't press charges. Uh, the next day, um, she called the police telling them that I was the one who did it. And thank God the same officer that answered that I saw the night before was the same one who answered her call. And um, so it didn't turn out to be anything bigger than what it was. Uh, but uh, at that point, divorce was, uh, I was getting ready for, to get divorced. Um, she disappeared with my son for almost nine months. Um, I would, uh, I, again, I've never stopped being a dad. I would uh, take a box, I would go to Walmart or wherever, buy diapers, wipes, baby food, put a money order in there. And I would mail her a package every single week to her grandmother's house. Um, you know, I, my attorney was very clear. Don't be stupid. Don't, um, don't go out, uh, 
Don't turn into a cowboy and go there and uh, do something yeah. you're going to regret later. Um, and uh, and I ended up with custody of him, uh, which, uh, and again, it's just another similarity with Rob's story because she hasn't seen her son since, since Ricardo was one. And um, it's like, from my understanding, um, Ralph's ex-wife has not been very present in, in their kids' uh, lives either. So um, it's definitely more than my first life has ever been. But um, but she just she's never seen her son um, since that day in court. Yeah, I don't want to dwell on that too much. But I've never it. asked for you, a you... dime. I don't. I, I don't. Oh, oh, you're breaking up. Buddy. I actually had. I, uh, I've never gotten a dime on child support, and uh, nor have I ever wanted a dime from her. And I never pursue that because I didn't want to deal with her. Um, interesting yeah. story. Uh, when I went to, when I first met my second wife, she raised her hand to get something out of a cabinet in the kitchen, and I ducked. Um, and uh, she was like, oh, my God. And I was like, no, 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 this is never going to happen again. I was like, no, it's, I, I, it was like a, a reaction from that incident. And, uh, um, and the only other time I uh, gotten to relive that was in Vegas. So, and now. Yep, that's right. So a couple things. Now you broke up just a little bit in there. It's, it's, it's okay. You're good now. Um, so if you can find a place where that Wi-Fi is pretty good, I just, just go ahead and stay there. Because uh, it broke up just for a second, just so you know. All right, but uh, but we're still okay. All right, so now another interesting uh, caveat of your story was the time between your first and your second wife. Let's talk about that. Now, I know that's a little painful. You don't like to dwell on that too much. The only thing I want to talk about is with the dance lessons, okay? When, you, when, when you're actively dating a lot of ladies, okay? So let's, let's talk about that. I want to talk about that a little bit. You okay with that? Well, between between my first and second, uh, there wasn't much time. Um, it was uh, I wasn't even done. I wasn't even divorced yet. Uh, between my first and second, um, I had a custody of a one year old. I didn't have time to go out anywhere, nor did I have any money to do it either. I was going to school, so um, so no. I, um, my um again that's it's one of those things where i i hadn't fixed anything from the first time around i still didn't know who i was and uh, there i am getting hitched again uh just so that i can have a roof uh just so that i can be in the same house with another woman so i can have sex and not in my parents house <laughs> yeah, you know what i mean sure. so uh -huh. um so yeah that's uh that was pretty much it so that is ill-conceived relationship number two <laughs> gotcha yeah for sure so um now yeah so we won't dwell on it too much but you had plenty of experience picking up ladies and having the casual sex thing and obviously that's not what you're not very proud of that and that's why we're not going to dwell on it too much okay um and i i understand uh, that so uh that is something that happened after wife number two so after wife, oh, wife number, number two. two got it yeah, after wife number two, I uh, started going to, I did some therapy, um, about a year and a half. Um, at the same time, I got my own apartment. Um, I, um, I've, I've, I've liked to think that I've always been a good dad. They, both of them have always seen me every day. Um, and even though uh, my second wife did not give birth to my first son, she's been dad, kid's mother since day one. Um, so, uh, both of my kids ended up living in the same house with her. Um, but I got to pick them up from school every day around two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I would take them back, you know, between six and seven, you know, in the afternoon after dinner, after their practices, etc. Um, and they always stayed with me, um, Sunday nights and Monday nights. I always did stuff with them during the day on Saturdays as well. Um, but I always saw them. I, I, I always got to see them every single day. Um, the rest of the day, uh, it was a different. It was a different nightclub every single night. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night. Um, 
it sure wasn't a nightclub. It was a magic game. Um, you know, back then the Orlando Magic were were on top of the world. But um, that's what I that's what I did. Um, and you know, I I would walk inside of a nightclub and and um, I would look uh, above everybody else's heads as soon as I walked in. Made myself to the bathroom and with my uh, peripheral vision, I, I I knew it was already there, kind of a thing. So um, you know, and it was just enough to to spark the interest. So when I came out of the bathroom after washing my hands or whatever, I I already knew where I needed to go. I always had a plan, kind of a thing. But uh, but to answer your question, I kind of feel like um, it's a, it amazes me how how true to life that sex life TV show is. Um, because if you see the uh, soon-to-be ex-husband role after the first few episodes, it's almost like he's just trying to fill that void uh, with all the casual sex he's having. And, and that's really how I felt. Uh, it was easy and I just needed to get more and more of it. Um, it wasn't even the attention. It wasn't even the sex itself. It's just, it was companionship more than anything else. Um, there you go. Um, what he's talking about yes, is the... It's, uh, Season two is what you're talking about. Yeah, season yeah. two. I, my wife and I just finished that one up, and uh, it it's so bad. <laughs> that second season is so bad. Oh my god. Anyway, um, hopefully they don't do another one because uh, wow, um, the acting, the script, everything. Anyway, um, it was really bad. But anyway, so now obviously you didn't find any comfort in the casual sex scene, correct? Mm-mm. No. Um... Towards the end, it got a, it, you know, I, I've seen it all. I, uh, I've been out for a lot of things. There were a couple of girls that I ended up dating for several months. Uh, there was uh, this girl from Albania that lived in New York. I dated her for five months. And um, it's, you know, uh, she was just beautiful and sexy at the same time, kind of like Salma Hayek, but, you know, without the uh, loud Spanish voice, you know, um, but, um, but, um, but yeah, other than those two, um, it was, it was just a few weeks here, an overnight there, um, you know, nothing, nothing really, um, nothing, nothing, um, other than a girl in Albania, I, uh, in New York from Albania, I, uh, none of them, yeah. um, said to me, Hey, um, let me go call him up again or whatever. Yep. Well, we don't, like I said, we don't need to go into all the details for sure. Um, I get it. I just want to get that on tape that, that this organization, when it comes to dating, you know, you can do what you want to, man. Like I'm, I'm not, I don't shame anybody for what they're doing, but, uh, but generally speaking, everybody that's been through what Gus just described, I've been through it too. When you go through the casual sex phase and it's just, it is just meaningless. It's fun for a little bit and it, it just gets old after a while. It just does. Um, there are you know, so you do... many emotions in that and you mm-hmm. don't realize that until, you know, that you feel like you're becoming someone else. Yeah, I agree. You lose yourself and you, you try to fill that void with, with stupid shit. Um, but, uh, but I, like I said, been there, done that. Um, you do you, if, if you don't want to get married and keep up with the casual sex scene, that's all good, man. I'm, I'm not, it's just not for me personally at all uh they got sick of it and you know um, anyway so we won't dwell on it too much now when is when was the moment that you decided to stop that shit and and start dating your wife like how did that how did that go down uh well uh interesting story i mean i can uh, sit here and uh and talk for hours about it i think uh when please Steve don't and his wife came over the, the house we, we probably spent 45 minutes talking about this but <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, um, I met her one. I met her one night. Um, um, I met her, um, and uh, that night she uh, went home. I went home. I didn't have a chance to give her my number or exchange numbers or anything like that. Uh, but before the night was over, I, I do remember telling her I'm going to be here uh, next week on on Friday if you want to come out. Um. And uh, well, next week comes around and she doesn't show up. And uh, I used to go to salsa class uh, just because I didn't go to learn how to dance. I went to to scout the market. It was uh, you know we what the ladies call the meat market. 
right? And uh, I will go out there to uh, help out whenever the numbers were uneven. Um, and um, um, two months later, um, guess who walks in the door? It was uh, her. And uh, that night, she, I made sure she left there with my number. Uh, thing is, is that, um, the thing is, is that she didn't text me or call me. And I was like, well, I don't want to be like that creepy guy that, you know, shows up at salsa class hoping that she's there. I was like, oh, shit, I can't go. I can't go. And then, you know, anyway, I just, I ended up going back and there she was. And she thought, she thought she had sent me a message, but she didn't. And, you know, uh, 15 years later, here we are. How about that? So she thought, she uh, thought yeah. it, you had your number, like you had her number, correct? Mm -hmm. And that's why she didn't message you? Is that what it was? Uh, correct. Uh, uh, that's what it was. And, yeah. uh, you know, if you have you ever seen that episode of Friends where they talk about uh, what are your top 10 um, celebrities you would have sex with? And, and everyone always wants to give you like the most beautiful woman out there, right? So, you know, when I met my wife, there was something about the way she walked, the way she talked, the way, just the, the, the way she was. Uh, I, I, I can't put my finger on it. It was, it was all the above. Um, and um, and yeah, and and here we are, 15 years later. How about that? Well, I'm curious. I'm gonna pick your brain because you didn't really answer my first question. So when you met her, she changed you from the casual dating scene to the long-term relationship scene. So what what's the catalyst <clears throat> on that? Because I know what it was for me. Um, you know what I was trying to convey while I was in Vegas was that. Months after we had met, um, I, I, we, I realized, and, and the story I, was, I told the guys in Vegas and, is that uh, it was during the financial crisis and she was, uh, she was doing marketing for a home builder. So she got laid off. And so that morning she calls me up and she's you know, upset and I drive back to the house and, and I tell her that, uh, you know what, well, this is going so well, we're, we'll figure it out. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that after nine months, you know, it's like, well, shit, you know, this is getting serious kind of a thing. And, and uh, I just, I went to work. We went out to dinner that night or the night after. And um, uh, she ends up picking up a check and paying for dinner. And, you know, she's the only woman I haven't had to rescue. I, I have not, I, I haven't had, I have never been the, the, the white knight. I've never had to be the the provider per se. Um, it's it's been more of a partnership than than anything. If she came up to me right now and says she didn't want to work, I'll be like, okay, no problem. I don't give a fuck. Uh, but um, but then I, I also feel like that would take a, a piece of who she is if she wasn't using her creative mind into something. So I. I that was that was really the first time that I really thought, okay, uh, this is this this is the one, you know, this is the person I I'm gonna be with. Um, yep. That's that's uh, great. I, let's I, let's I, pause there. I, let's you don't right. have to go any further. That was great because you said something in here I want to repeat real quick. She's the only woman you've never had to rescue. That's beautiful, man. That is beautiful. Put that on a fucking bumper sticker, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> that is gorgeous, you know, and fellas that's that's the point now it took you it took you three marriages to get there um and a whole lot of ladies and uh but you kind of you learn from your mistakes and then you finally settle down and you've learned from the past and, and you're like she's great i don't have to fix her and she's good and she's clicking all my boxes and that's 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 beautiful man great stuff so let's talk about the current marriage real quick here just real quick just the um like today, what's going on? So how are things? Uh, they're great. They couldn't be uh, any better. <laughs> okay. uh, I really have nothing to, uh, I really have nothing to, um, to complain about. Um, there's only, uh, there's only positive things. Um, okay. Now, how did, I, now, is she, now she's still actively menopausal though, correct? Is she doing like hormonal th replacement correct. therapy at correct. all? Okay. Correct. Okay. Let's, let's talk about that. 
So, so what was the catalyst on that? Did you push the hormone replacement therapy or did she? No, no, no. She's been to the, she's been to the doctor. Um, okay. uh, the, those levels are um, still within, um, within norm. Um, as far as mitigating some of that, um, I, I, I feel like the diet and the food we consume has gotten better since I started since I started losing weight and, and changing my diet, um, she started exercising after I started exercising. So it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, kind of leading by example on that. But the doctor has also mentioned some of those things uh, to her. And, uh, and she started going to the rowing studio, which um, uh, that's, you know, she goes to that a couple times a week. Um, so she's, she's been, um, she's been we, we've sort of, uh, been taking a more holistic approach and natural approach to that and so far so good great so now is, is she's doing hormonal replacement therapy then or she's not oh no 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 oh, i thought not she yet. was no, okay. we haven't okay no 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 she did it naturally okay so she kind of snapped out of it then sounds like to me like she yeah. she went through a rough rough spot and then she she came back how long did that rough spot last curious Oh, I don't know that it was a rough spot. I think that that's one of those things where it was a bigger problem in my head than anything else. <laughs> okay. Well, how I long was I was that? making the problem. Uh, it was about four months. Uh, I think I, months. I just okay. made those problems bigger in my head than they really were. And I, and I just kind of started becoming a nice guy out of nowhere. Uh, something I've never done. Um, okay. Yeah. I started buying into the social norm. Gotcha. Now, did you do coaching when you came in? Or is it just the meetings I, and, and? I did. I had two uh, sessions, one with Ralph, one with Jack. Um, both of them said the same thing. Um, uh, they just said it differently. And I don't know that I can really say that the reason is because it was any different. It's like uh, after I hung up with, with Jason, I just felt like it was time for a change. And it's one of those things like, if you work at a black and white TV factory and you know color TV is around the corner, you know, you, you, you kind of have to get ready for it. And I, I was just, it was like me beginning to accept that something had to change, you know, in order to, to survive kind of a thing, you know? Um, so um, that's, uh, uh, I was just ready. I was ready to accept that things were changing. And, and I think that from that day forward, it's when I just, I began to be myself again. Great. Yep. And that's the power of coaching, fellas. Okay. So I'm going to do a little plug here real quick about the coaching stuff. Okay. Um, Facebook posts are great. You know, post it on the group, post it out there, you know, journaling, you know, venting. It, it's, that's what the group is for. Okay. It's great to do that, but what happens is when it comes down to comments and of uh, uh, the threads that start, you know, the advice that you get, it kind of goes all over the place, and that's that's okay. That's what it's for. But the problem that you that you run into, it's really brief, so you, you can't really move on to really the root of the cause of the problem because you don't know all the details. When you do a coaching session with with any of us, okay, anybody that that's on the on the the coaching roster. You can do a deep dive into those details and then all of a sudden you start uncovering other things and then, then the light bulbs start coming on and all of a sudden you can start diving into that and it, and it ends up kind of going down different uh, different whack-a-moles. Okay, so that problem, that problem, that problem, that problem. Um, that's that's ultimately what happens with my coaching sessions. It's it's pretty awesome when, when you're actually in those things because it's an hour long and I don't know about you, Gus, but I'm telling you, my those sessions go by very, very fast. And I, we have to be fairly structured to keep it going, but that's the power of coaching. If you, like I said, the, the, the posts are great, but you get a very, very limited amount of information to, to learn from and, and to work with. So, and, anyway, uh, and the posts are usually one-sided and there's always two sides to every, to every story. Yep. Oh, that's perfect. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's, that's something that's, that's actually really important for guys to hear. Fellas, it's a two-way street. It's, it's a two-way street. 
a lot of times, especially my new guys, when they come in the very first session, they're, they're, it's all about her, 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 she, 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 they, they, they. And then all of a sudden at the end of it, it's I, it's I, you, you, you know, it, it, it changes dramatically by the end of the session because you cannot control someone else. Okay. You cannot control that. You can control you. That's what this is about. You have to work on yourself. We, we, we always say that um, and she can follow or she, and she, or, or she won't. That's her choice. You cannot force her to change. If you, if you set the environment for her to change, that's leadership and that's how this works. It's a beautiful thing when it works, but there's a two-way street. She has to own her mm -hmm. side and you own your side. And I'm telling you, you, you said it just perfectly because there's two sides to every story. And, and frankly, the truth lies in the middle. <laughs> um, so you got the guy's perspective, you got the woman's perspective, and really it, it all lies in the middle. That's, that's, that's the workable ground. Um, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that is so true. So, all right. Now you've been to all three BroFests. Let's talk about BroFests a little bit here. Okay. What was your favorite? I'm curious. What was your favorite one? Um, I, I don't know that I have a favorite one, but let me, let me see if I can break all three down for you because briefly, it was, it, briefly. it yeah, was really briefly. cool to, to put the round pictures, uh, the, the people to the round pictures. And it, it was, it was really cool to humanize it all. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was amazing to, when Ralph met everyone, he gave everyone a hug. And that's when everything became real to me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I had a great time in Austin. Um, I just, I had this party mindset in Austin. I, I was just having fun. I was just letting loose. Uh, Garrett and um, uh, Matthew and I went out one night and then we got really lit. And, uh, but having that hour and a half, hour and 15 minutes with Dr. Glover, uh, where we were just uh, kicking the shit was amazing uh, at the barbecue place. Um, this last time in Vegas, it, it, to me, it kind of felt like it was uh, a bit more relaxed and I kind of felt like I got some sleep away from home, even though I had, you know, a few drinks and um, it just felt like uh, I was in the place where I needed to be. So I don't know that I have a favorite one. I think they were, they all had their, their, uh, their, their pros and cons uh, uh, and they were all differently. Yep. I totally agree. Um, Nashville had a different feel, Austin had a different feel and Vegas had a different feel. So, um, and we've been learning, you know, this is, that was our third one. We've got our fourth one scheduled now in New Orleans, highly recommend getting scheduled for this. I'm um, getting on the docket because I'm telling you, that's going to be a lot of fun. We've made it more affordable, which is huge. A new Vegas was pretty expensive. That was, that was a pretty expensive one. Um, and we learned a lot from that and, uh, man, I'm, I'm really excited about New Orleans. It's going to be really, really awesome. So, um, anyway, I totally agree. They're all had their, their own little caveats. And um, personally, Nashville was great just because that was our first one. Um, just like you said, I was I was joking about it. We were walking around and shaking hands with Facebook profile pictures, <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, like we all know each other, kind of how we look, you know, with the coaches, people wonder, they, they, they recognize our voices. So it's like they kind of know us a little bit more than, you know, just 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 some of the, the fraternity members. But to humanize it, just like you said. The, the coolest part about that whole thing is the fact that you're the same dude. I already knew you. I already knew you through your post and your story and, you know, um, shaking your hand. It was, it, it was like, I knew you already, you know, and uh, especially Ralph, you know, and, uh, and the, the other coaches, because I, I, I'd, I came, became a coach like a month before Nashville and I already knew that I already knew those guys. And it was just really cool to shake hands and, Awesome. A lot of fun. I highly recommend Well, it. you know, uh, for, for the guys who've already hung out with me, uh, I don't, you know, I, I have a good time no matter where I'm at. I deeply regret spending those nights at a friend's house in Nashville and not with the group. Oh, I see. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But yeah. And that's kind of how New Orleans is going to be. You're going to actually, you'll be free to uh, get a place for yourself and, um, you know, so you'll lose a little bit of that aspect, but it really cuts costs. So you can do what you need to do, do an Airbnb. We don't have to do a fancy hotel with all these fucking restrictions. Um, it's a good thing. Okay. 
So let's see. So how can folks sign up with coaching with you? How does it work? Oh, the same, uh, same page as anybody else. Um, same page as anybody else. They can go in the uh, front page and I'm, uh, all the coaches are on the same page. And, you know, they can always uh, message me on uh, Facebook or on Discord or, um, um, you know, any of them. Tag yeah. me on a post, either one. Very good. So, and then what can dudes expect from you if they schedule with you? Oh, um, I have been a flight instructor. I have been, uh, I have taught people customer service classes, salesmanship classes. I have nine employees uh, that have been working for me for a really long time. And um, so I've been in a position where I have to, I've had to formulate a plan uh, where I've had to listen, consult, et cetera. Um, to answer your question, I can not only do that, but I can also put into perspective every uh, other experience that I have had to live through, um, through all my previous life and current life. Um, it's, you know, when it comes to coaching, it's more about having a plan of, hey, uh, and Jack said it at a, in um, Nashville. Uh, Jason said it in Nashville. Um, tell me where you want to be and what you're willing to do, and we'll come up with a plan. Yep, I agree. Good stuff, buddy. Okay, so I am going to go ahead and open it up to the guys that are here live. And uh, if you have any questions for Gus, anything you want to talk about, um, and if you don't want to talk about it, we can talk about something else if you want. Um, We've got uh, three, four, let's see. Yeah, we got like four coaches in this call right now. So got plenty of uh, plenty of opportunity. Just let her rip, tater chip. If you want to un unmute, that's fine. If not, we can continue to have a conversation with Gus here. It's all good with me, okay? Because uh, I am just soaking up some vitamin D. Jason's in here, buddy. Well, go you know. It. Let her rip. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Gus, man. Love it, dude. Um I did not know your full story and you, your experiential base through uh, the fucking shit show marriages you had, number one and number two. I mean, speaks for itself, man. And I know a lot of guys can relate to that. You know, you have a false start, you learn from it. You have another false start, you learn from that. And then, you know, how you kind of, uh, found yourself. Uh, I really like that part. And I think a lot of men find themselves in that scenario. Who am I? What is my purpose? And that is one of the big outcomes here in the DSO fraternity. We want guys to figure that out. You know, I, I talked a lot about it in my, my meeting last night, uh, kind of on a tangent, but, um, yeah, I, I really love that part of your story. And I think that is, uh, you know, a lot of men go through their whole life and they don't figure that out. And if I were to, you know, peg one of the, you know, unique value propositions for you, that would be it. You know, uh, a lot of guys don't, don't know how to do that. Don't even know where to begin or when they look at their path and purpose, uh, they use the flawed approach of trying to tie it solely to employment. And, and that's never going to fucking work. It, even with a, you know, uh, you know, me being a career uh, army guy, that, that filled it for a lot of years, but that is only a chapter and it's much, much bigger than that. Yeah. You, you can, you know, put a lot of uh, purpose in, into your service-based uh, professions like that. Uh, but at some point, it's got to be bigger than that. And I, I really like that part of your story. And I think you could help a lot of men out with that. But really appreciated you jumping on here short notice with uh, Scotty G and uh, sharing what you bring to the table. I think you'll help a lot of men. And um, you definitely bring a lot of value to the team. So appreciate you making time for that. 
Well, you know, you know, Jason, interesting that you mentioned that because I, uh, one thing I forgot to say about my second wife is that, you know, while we got along just great and she's a wonderful woman and, and uh, she's had a lot of health issues in, in, in the last uh, 11, 12 years. Uh, and even today, um, we just, we were, uh, our, we were 10 years apart. Uh, the education was not the same, um, you know, because of that, we never had anything to talk about, uh, which is, which is really why that, uh, marriage failed. But I, I, I tell you what, I, uh, if, if, uh, if we could have figured out a way where we could have met in the middle age-wise, um, uh, who knows? Um, that's, um, um. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to go back and, and, and think about what it would have been, but it is what it is. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I have nothing bad to say about her and, and I have nothing, uh, nothing but positive things to say about my current wife. Um, one thing that you just said uh, just now, and I didn't say it specifically, uh, what you were referring to is that after three years of going out and having fun, I, it was in the back of my head. It's like, there has to be a bigger purpose. You know, there, I can't just go out and blow money like this week in and week out, day in and day out. I mean, there, there has to be a purpose. Um, and, and it is, it, it's interesting that you, you mention it because I, it was in the back of my mind there for like the last six months before meeting my wife. Every time I went out, it's like, Holy shit, here we go again, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, if I, if I would have saved all that money, you know, I probably could have been able to retire. But, uh, but yeah. I want to correct it real quick here. We have five coaches on this call. Um, very cool. It's, uh, that's, that's, that's a good amount. It's great. So um, I agree totally. Uh, Jason just, just hit the points. There's a, I didn't know a lot of this stuff about you uh, because you kind of, you said it to begin with that you're not really um, you don't like to share those kind of details, um, but you did in Vegas. And I was just like, wow, you there's a lot of facets here that you could really offer dudes, specifically the multiple marriages, you know, learning from your mistakes, going through the casual sex shit, all of that stuff. Um, I think did you go through some substance issues too, substance abuse issues? Um, I no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. I mean, I've been, uh, I've been hung over in the past, but, uh, you know, <laughs> okay, but nothing, <laughs> not really. not, uh, God, but, I, but, yeah. you know, even though it would be really hard for a younger person to put all these life experiences in, in, in perspective into to their own context, Jesus, the, the price point, which you can join the frat, whether it's monthly, yearly, or lifetime, the price point in, for this level of support uh, you know, even the coaching side, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's relatively inexpensive for you to transform your life um, in, a, in a positive way. And more importantly, in the way you want to transform your life. True um, story. I which totally agree. I really, and the, that's really the reason why I'm here. It's because I didn't have a group or anyone I could turn to at that time in my life. To, to get ahead. Um, I have felt the pain. I have lived through the uncertainty. Um, it's not pretty, um, but I really wish I would have had a group like this. Or, uh, and if there was, I wish there would have been a friend that would have given me the information to go, to go look it up, et cetera. Yep, totally. Uh, the, the cost of, of joining the, the fraternity or the, even the coaching, it's, it's really priceless information that you're getting. I actually told my coaching guy that I talked to last night. I was like, uh, I went over um, kind of summary at the very end. And I told the guy, I was like, so most guys, 85% of guys will go through their entire life not, not learning any of the stuff that we just talked about at all. Um, because the, for one, they probably didn't have a great dad. For two, they probably witnessed a really shitty marriage. That's a very common story in our group. And they... They just go from shit show to shit show and they don't learn from it. Um, that's, it's so invaluable. I mean, we've got so many guys in this group that have, that have been through different things. There's some pretty powerful people in this, this group, y'all. It's not just the coaches. There's, I've talked to some serious individuals in my coaching calls. Um, people, the guys really have their shit together, but they just, 
they, they just don't have the emotional intelligence to keep a marriage afloat. Um, that's, that's essentially what I've noticed with my coaching calls is just a uh, guys they're, they're very good at the provider role, but they just have no idea to function as a lover. That's, that's a very, very common scenario of, of the guys that I talk to. So very good stuff. Like I said, it's priceless information. Why not just give it a shot, right? Um, get on somebody's schedule. I, I, I trust everybody that's in the coaching, uh, uh, stable, they're all really cool dudes, man. And, you know, we, we have got a coaching group that we talk back and forth. It's always, it's always fun um, to just give each other shit and, uh, and, and bounce ideas off of each other. And we continue to make this organization better daily. It's not, the sky's the limit. And I'm excited about the future, big time. So anybody else want to add something here? Let's see here. Come on, guys. I don't, I don't bite. Don't, come on, bring it up. <laughs> yep. We got uh, we, five we minutes. We talk about current events. Um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Let's Just wanted forward Go to ahead. meeting up uh, Gus in June. Oh, you got to, you got to meet? You got to meet Dort? What's up with that shit? <laughs> hey, Dort. <laughs> he's, he's heading for the Netherlands. Yeah, no I'm gonna shit. either awesome. see you June 11, 12, or thirteenth. One of those three. You pick. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll confirm a date. Definitely, <laughs> it's gonna no, be fun. I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous, man. That's awesome, man. That is great. Really cool stuff. Um, it, like I said, people on the recording, man. I, I shook hands with an Australian in Vegas. <laughs> Not to mention, you know, yeah. six freaking Canadians. You know, like it's and what awesome. of an Australian it was. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh man, Steve, you, you are you still on this call, buddy? Can you talk? Can you can you chime in here? Yeah, he's still there. Are you still I think he sent me a yeah, message yeah, yeah. that he was getting the kids ready for school or something. Uh that's fine. That's well, that's cool. If you can't talk. Oh, there he is. I hear him. There it is. I'll jump in. Hang on a sec. I can be quick. <laughs> kids are watching telly. All's good. Yeah. Oh, look, much love for Gus. Uh yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree, Scotty. He just blew me away too. There was a lot about him, especially when he did that big pause at the beginning. I was just like, oh, fuck, here we go. The poor guy is struggling. He was just calibrating his thoughts and then he unloaded. <laughs> it was just brilliant. I loved it. Um, but going, going, taking my wife to, to his place and uh, being the first coach that my wife met, really, or the first, actually, um, yeah, guy from overseas that she's met. So, yeah, part of the frat uh, she's met one uh two couple guys at australia but over there and uh yeah we met his whole family it was a bit well hang on <laughs> what's going on and my wife i said there's the whole family's here and she's like what's going on and i said ah oh, he's puerto rican maybe that's how they roll it's all good <laughs> and we went in and um, <laughs> my mother uh, lives uh, a half a mile away she's always here you know <laughs> yeah 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 but my, my wife did say man afterwards she said and his sister and his mom that everyone's lovely but man they're so different from Gus. He is just, and and I'll and I'll put it in a nutshell. Like Gus has this aura. He has this fun vibe. I don't know, it's just something. If you if you picture someone, and and I know this will be many many years down the track, he will have masses at his funeral because I reckon he just has this vibe that's just going to touch so many people, and he just has this this vibe around that you just want to be around. And it'll be dearly missed. I know many years down the track, brother, but I, I had a great night. We had so many laughs. It was it was fantastic. It was just such a great night. So, yeah, lot, lots of props for Gus. Yeah, and so much experience. Yeah, he, he, he knows his stuff. So, yeah. All right, all right. Let's uh, change the subject. I'm getting a little <laughs> emotional now, Steve. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm jealous you're going to see do it. I am super jealous. <laughs> so have fun with that. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, so anybody else want to chime in real quick? Got a couple minutes and I'm going to shut this thing down. Um, really awesome, man. We had a lot of coaches in this thing. So pretty good crowd, pretty healthy. Will, it's all good. All right. You want any closing comments there, uh, Gus? Um, no, no. Just uh, don't forget to sign up for uh, BroFest uh, before April 1st to take advantage of that um, amazing pricing we got going on, early bird pricing. Uh, supercharge your journey by uh, signing up with a coach. And uh, um, hey, if you haven't put your story out there, if you uh, if you're not participating, 
get your thoughts, story, and um, out on the page, and uh, let's get to work. Beautiful. All right, fellas, that is it. I'm going to shut her down, and I will see you next week, and I'll keep you, I'll keep an eye on that group, man. Um, keep it posting. Tag people. Do what you need to do, man. Um, that's what we're here for. Uh, this is a tribe. This is a global tribe. Obviously, um, Gus is Puerto Rican. You just heard from Steve in Australia and Duart. He's in the Netherlands. You know, here I am in North Carolina. Uh, Jason timed in. He's from Nashville. Like, we're all buddies. We're all, we're all here for each other, and it's a beautiful thing. So if you need me, reach out. Gus is available. I'm available. Jason's available. Steve's available. Scott M's available. This is it's good stuff. All right. So I will check you all later. And, uh, See ya. Bye-bye. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, Access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge. Discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team. Discounts on our video courses. And access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.